been racking my brain on what am I going to say? You know, like every every week when we start this show, I usually start off with some sort of like opening thoughts, a soliloquy of some kind. And I was like, what am what am I going to say this week? And this is what I came up with. I do not envy the position Kyle Dubas is currently in. You know, like, since we did our last episode, they've played two games. Two overtime wins. Ups and downs in both those games. And moments in both those games where you were kind of sitting there like, like, oh my god, here we go. And I've just, I've come to the conclusion, oh, better watch my mini stick here. I've come to the conclusion that he has to make a move. He has to make a move of some kind. I, I, I don't know. What do you think? I think he has to make a move of some kind. I think uh, there's going to be, I feel like there's always pressure every year for a team, no matter if it's the Leafs or any other team in this league to make a move. And you're in a position to go far in the playoffs. But the problem with this year is the, the quarantine restrictions, which you heard that they might reduce it from 14 to seven days with, with more tests to figure out if they're negative or not, because if, if they're negative, then what's the point of sitting around for 14 days? And I know the average citizens like, well, why do they, why do they have to not quarantine for today? It's like, cause, cause they're in a controlled sure, environment yes, yes, and yes. they're, they're, they're making millions of dollars. Yeah, also like, it's a million dollar, uh, entertainment conglomerate yeah, like, and it's, it's providing people entertainment yeah. in these tough times. So spare me with your, well, that's not fair. Why does the NHL get away with that? It's yeah, like, exactly. I know. It's like, God. shut your mouth, yeah. get over it. Yeah. Um, I, I just think it's like, do you really think there is a forward out there who you can plug in on a top six or a top nine role that will make a massive difference for this team? I, I, there's plenty of names and, and you can run their numbers, run their statistics of where they can fit it on this hockey team. But at the end of the day, I don't know if you can add somebody who's going to make an impact for the goal, which is get to the final four, which I think is like the main goal right yes, now. Yes. We could talk about Stanley cup, but you know what, whatever we want to win a round. We want to win two rounds. And, well, at- and especially when you're playing within the confines of your division, there's no reason why they shouldn't make it to the final four. Exactly. And, 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 and you've seen them play all these teams. Uh, they, they match up better with teams than others, but at the end of the day, there's not like one team and you're not looking at the jets being like the jets are going to smoke the Leafs. No. They're going to have a very hard time. There's no doubt about it, but the Leafs are more than capable of winning two rounds in the, in this playoff coming up. And I just, I'm having a hard time myself trying to find a player who's available and what you can give up to get that player and what their contract is. Are they a rental? Do they have an extra year on their deal? There, there's just so many factors but the main thing is getting through this year. And I just don't, I'm having a hard time just thinking of a guy who's like, this is the guy who's going to put them over the edge. I don't know if there's a guy out there who does that. Well, here's, here's what it comes down to. It's how serious do you think their chances are of winning a Stanley cup? Because if you think that adding a player will take them to the Stanley cup, then you have to think in terms of the here and now, and you can't worry about giving up prospects yeah and that's all part of the risk so if you think like if i if i add a top six player let's just say his name taylor hall if i add a top six player 
am I willing to give up assets and go all in to get said top six player? And even though those assets, like a Nick Robertson, like I, I have a really, really, really hard time. I'm not going to lie. And, and, and I, I battle with it. I like arm wrestle in my mind about it. I'm like, I don't want to give up Nick Robertson. I think yeah. Nick Robertson is a potential to be a superstar for this team. Yeah. I think when you're, when you're in a situation where you're paying, uh, your, your core for so much money, having a guy like Nick Robertson, who has the upside that he has making the money that he's going to make for a few years is huge. And I don't know, but at the same time, it's like, do, do we say, you know what? This is our best shot that we're going to have to win a cup and get, or get to a cup final for the foreseeable future. So is that worth Nick Robertson? I, I, I'm going to be just flat out. Like we're throwing away. We always try to, uh, take into account like fans opinions like there, there's one side of the fan base and the other we always try to sit in the middle we always kind of play the 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 mediator between both sides me personally I'm just gonna lay it out on the line I don't think Taylor Hall makes you a Stanley Cup contender yep. I don't I don't I think he's a great player when he's on he's had a very rough career he had one great year in New Jersey the guy's got all the talent in the world he, he's got tons of skill but I just don't think adding him to this mix for what you're going to give up in the future. Cause to me, I always think about that because it's like, this is a team you look at when you pay top guys, you got to fill in your roster in the next coming years with draft picks, guys, you drafted guys who aren't making much money. And it's like, I know, I know this year's their year, but I just don't think giving up a guy like Taylor hall is, is the, or getting a guy like Taylor hall is the answer. I, I just don't think he's going to push them over the edge to be a Stanley cup contender. When I see a Stanley cup contender, I see, a number one defenseman who is dominant, uh, a Victor Hedman, dominant. Alex Petrangelo in the past, dominant. John Carlson for the Washington Capitals, pretty dominant. It's like, and and it's like, you can't add a guy like that. You can't, it's not out there. So giving up a, people for the future to get a guy like Taylor Hall. Hold on, just, hold on, just, hold on. I'm going to stop you right there. I'm going to stop you right there. You are the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. What do you... What are you looking at your team and prioritizing? Is it a, is it a top nine for, cause th- that is the two camps we've had like the, the extremists the last weeks be like a goalie. And it's like, no, they're not going and getting a goalie. So what are you, what is that take? Yeah. yeah like, what are you thinking? I, I, I already said it. I I've been flattered. I want them to add a defenseman as someone to play in their top four. And I'd be more willing to give up a guy like Nick Robertson or, or, whoever else they have draft picks, even Sandine, who also is forecasted to be in their top four in the future. To me, that's, it's a little, a little far fetched. I haven't seen enough from the guy to even, I thought Travis Dermott was going to be a top four guy for this team. And it's, and I like not, Travis yeah, Dermott, but it's not really, but it's happening. not happening. No. It's not happening. It seems like they're trying to almost push him out in a way yeah. in the future. So it's like, I want to see them add a defenseman. Who's going to, who's going to help them this year and possibly help them in the years to come. I don't think renting a forward it's going to push them over the edge. I think you try to add to your decor and, and you got to do whatever you got to do to add to your decor. And I, I just think that's where I'm at right now. Yeah. That That's the deal. I want to see them make. It may not be out there, but it's, if you're going to go out and make that big splash for that forward, uh, like you got to, uh, I don't know. Like but you got to be careful. Okay. So, so I, I think your point, and this is why I said, I don't envy Kyle Dubas right now, because I, I see the, the, argument that you're making about adding a defenseman and I think it's legit but then I see other arguments about adding like a top six top nine forward it's like 
Alex Galchenyuk has come up and he's played with he's played with Nylander and Tavares, and I think he's he's been okay. He's been pretty good. Yeah. Do you think can you go to a Stanley Cup final with Alex Galchenyuk as your second line left winger? If he plays at what he's capable of, then yes. But do you? So, but this is the this is the dance. I know this, this is, this, is I mean. this is the hardest conversation, and yeah. now we've talked about it so much that if they don't make a move, period, yeah. we're going to be disappointed. Yes, but it's it's like you gotta you gotta always keep in mind like what you're giving up too, because it's like you've put yourself in a cap situation where you're kind of screwed for the next couple of years. You might have to let go of some guys on this roster who have expiring contracts coming up. Because you can't pay them what what they deserve or what they're going to be looking for, so it's like, yeah, this year's the year. But it, do you really want to give up a guy who could be as valuable as the guy you're getting in a year or two for this year? They might go out in the first round still. Yeah. Like you know, it's it's such a risk. It's mm-hmm. it's. I don't think I think their top guys need to produce when it comes time to produce. Yeah. That's my thing. I don't think you need to add a guy to do that. And Alex Galchenyuk, great story. A guy who's completely lost his confidence in the NHL. So I think they've done what they've had to do to give him more confidence to being the player that he that he was for a blip in his career, a 30 goal scorer. But you can't take a four game sample size and, and be like, This is our this is our second line left no, winger. No, no, no. Like you can't you can't get that deep into it. And to me, he just I don't know. This is why I do kind of buy into going and getting another winger argument, is because like it just slots everybody down. And we can talk about like the lineup is currently constituted. So it's like, let's go say, let, let's say you go and get a forward. Who comes out? To me, it's Alex Kerfoot, who's the odd man out. Do people want Alex Kerfoot? I don't, I don't particularly want Alex Kerfoot. Alex Kerfoot belongs in the, in the just a guy hall of fame. Like he is, he should have his own wing in the just another guy. Well, would you rather have, have Pierre Engvall centering a line over Alex Kerfoot? At this point, I do find Engvall in his current third round. And again, we've also thrown the just a guy arrow at Engvall in the past. Hmm. But in watching the games the last couple of weeks, I do think Engvall is more effective on a shift to shift basis than Alex Kerfoot is. Yeah, he's. Yeah, I mean, he's got a ton of speed. They're, they're pretty similar. At the end of the day, like they're both like, like what you just said, just just guys almost. They're, if they if they contribute more than what they're capable of, then that's that's what helps you win a round. But it's like, I I don't know. It's just I don't see a, them going to add a guy and him just stepping in and, and contributing and being a guy who's like, man, thank God we got Player X because we wouldn't have won this round without him. Yeah, it's like no, no, Mitch Marner needs to score. Austin Matthews needs to score. John Tavares needs to score. And so does William Nylander to win a round. And you need to have your top pair, Morgan Riley and TJ Brody playing as dominant as they can in their own end and contributing offensively to win a round. I just yeah. don't think adding, I don't think they're going to get Taylor hall no. like that, that he's out of the question. We're using his, uh, him as an example, but like, I just think if you look there down the some names, people it's in like, this fan base who want Taylor hall. And like, cool. I get it. I get that. I just don't think getting a player like his money is whatever, because it's like, he's on an expiring contract anyways. So it's like, if you're, if you're grabbing a guy who's only going to play a couple of weeks for you, then like, don't worry about the salary cap implications, but it's, it's, I just think at the end of the day, you, you built this team around a core of hockey players. And that's the players I just named before. And it's, if John Tavares is not going to play, what he's capable of playing to his level in in a series, then you're not going to win. You're not going to win. I I just don't think 
adding a guy is going to maybe Tavares is contributing less. So this guy's going to come in and, and kind of plug in more offense. I just don't think that's going to happen. I think at the end of the day, you built your team around a core and that core has to perform the way they're capable of performing to win a round in the playoffs. Well, so I wanted to talk about uh, Johnny and Willie and the top two lines a little bit. I, I thought, I thought the Saturday night against Edmonton, I thought, I thought they were pretty good. I thought, that was Tavares' best game in a, in a long time. I thought they were time. really good. Yeah, I, I thought they, they were stepped up. They I stepped thought they up. were good. Yeah. I thought, and, and you know what? They stepped up when it mattered. Yes, yes. And so they they deserve a ton of credit for that. Um, through the game, there were, so through these past two games, as I alluded to earlier, there were ups and downs, you know, against Ottawa, against Edmonton. And there were points in the game where where they didn't they didn't look themselves. And I think there's a couple reasons for that. I think, I think it's the same thing that we've experienced with this Leaf team, and it's what Sheldon Keefe needs to do everything he possibly can to eliminate from them. Because I'm seeing this again, and I don't want to come. I don't want to be too negative because they're too. They, they grinded out two wins, and that's what good teams do. But we're getting to the point of the year again, where playoffs are around the corner. These teams are starting to tighten up. They're starting to play better defensive hockey, and here are the Leafs again struggling when teams are starting to clamp down on them and really not being able, trying to have to figure out a way to play against a team who doesn't want to play shinny against them. And that's what I've noticed these last couple weeks. It's that and the goaltending, which we'll touch on in a minute. Like, it's just, that is one thing I'm noticing. And here's the second thing I'm noticing. At times in these last couple of games, they've had a hard time scoring. And yes, the the other team's goaltenders have, have played well. But, like, they've had a tough time scoring. And I'm noticing sometimes with Sheldon Keefe, he can get a bit Babcockian with the lines. Like, let's tr- just just for a couple shifts, let's try Marner with Tavares. Granted, Tavares and Nylander got going against Edmonton, but let, let's just give it a try. Let's try. If you, if you can't, if you're having a hard time scoring a goal, let's move it around a little bit. Also, also, I, I'm, I'm here to make a proclamation, all right? We sing his praises all the time. He's good anywhere in the lineup. The fourth, the third line checking line with Hyman Ingvall and Mikheyev has been really good, but I'm sorry. Zach Hyman is the first line left winger. It's done. It's over. Let's not talk about it anymore. We don't need to see Thornton up there anymore. We don't need to see Wayne Simmons up there. It's over. Like that is Zach Hyman's spot. Leave him there. Yeah, I, I'm getting a little sick and tired of, of like, trying to find the perfect mix of lines. It's like one night, one line's going to be good with this group of group of players. And the next night they're, they're not going to be so good. It's like they need to find that perfect left winger for Tavares and Nylander. Yeah. And it's like, you could plug a million guys in there at the end of the day, who drives that line? Those two guys. Yeah. And if they're playing at the best they can, they can make anybody saw playing that, with them. You saw that against Edmonton. Yeah. And you like Galchenyuk made a couple great passes and he was hounding pucks. Yeah. So maybe like, that's kind of what you're looking for. A guy who who can get, who has a little bit of skill, who can hound pucks, but it's, it's like, there's no perfect line scenario. It's like, you're always going to have a guy who's your who's your centerpiece of the line. And then in the Leafs case, they, they have four elite offensive players. They split them up between two lines. So you have, Marner and Matthews, Tavares and Nylander. And it's and it's always that that perfect scenario of adding a guy and all of a sudden they're going to be the perfect line. There's no such thing as a perfect line in the NHL. Yeah. There's not. Every game is different. And Alex Galchenyuk might have looked good last night making great plays, 
But guess what? He might suck for the next three games, and it's like, oh, we got to find another left winger again. Yeah. It's like there's no perfect scenario. It's the ebb and the flow and the, the dance and the, the stress of it all. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. And, and you look at this team's season, and it's they started off the season unbelievable on the power play. Pretty good penalty kill. Top guys were contributing like crazy. And they tightened up defensively. And you look at the past stretch of games, they've kind of gone back to being loosey-goosey Leafs for a little bit in every game. Their power play is like, oh, for their last 15, one for their last 21, however you want to look at it. Their penalty kills pretty mediocre. And they're, and they're back kind of being pinch happy, not getting back. Like last night, that goal McDavid to dry saddle for the one-timer, three guys chasing McDavid. Yeah, It's like... You got to have the IQ to be like, oh, there's the other top goal scorer in the National Hockey League wide open over here. If Connor McDavid's going to do what Connor McDavid does, then whatever. You can't leave Leon Dreisaitl wide open for a one-timer for a goal that he's actually scored pretty frequently this season, as the broadcast pointed out last night. So it's like, I, I just, I find it frustrating. Like, there's no perfect scenario for anything. It's like, you're always going to have a night where you want your your left winger on that second line to be a little bit better to uplift those two guys but it's it's like you, it's almost you got to pick a guy and kind of give him a shot you know like yeah. Galchenyuk has the skill and the ability and I think they've done a good job of giving him confidence to to kind of plug him into a role like that and he was a guy who was a flyer no risk all reward if he does well it's just I, I want to I wish I could sit down with Sheldon Keefe and be like what's what's your perfect scenario yeah. for for wingers on this team right now yeah and it's perpetuating the narrative of we need to go out and get another guy. So it's like, at the end of the day, their power play sucks. Yep. They're not scoring. I don't know if it sucks, but it's it's not as effective as it was before. And and, there, and Austin Matthews has been snake bitten. Yep. And, and, and Mitch Marner's also has Mitch, been... Mitch Marner's back to trying to pass it yeah, directly can, into the net. You can get a little too pretty, yep. you know? So it's, it's, it's like, uh, I don't know. It, it's a tough part of the season, and we still have a whole other month and a half to go. All right, let's talk. Let's talk uh, goaltending. So, I, I wanted to. I wanted to make a point of saying this today. Um, so Jack Campbell plays two straight games, and for the most part, like yeah, he got beat on um, by McDavid and Drysaddle, and any goalie's going to get beat on them. But in the Ottawa game in particular, the goals he let in were were stinkers. Oh yeah, and there were people criticizing him, being like, "That's terrible." If Freddie did that, he like everyone would be up in arms and he just gets away with it. Well, I was, I was poking you too, yeah. because we've been having the, the last four episodes have been just the Freddie so Campbell here, talk. So every time Campbell lets in a goal, I kind of give you a poke being like, Oh, Oh, that's a weak goal right there. So here's what I want to say in defense of Jack Campbell. Right. Even if Freddie was a hundred percent healthy, Jack Campbell still got to be the guy you roll with right now. And here's why they go down three, one to Edmonton. And they've got to come back. And they end up do coming back and winning the game. Didn't you know what Freddie has done the last few games? Not gives made up the a time yet. Not, gives up a backbreaker. Yeah. They come back and they make it 3-2. And then in, in previous Freddie starts, Edmonton would go right back down the other way and boom, 4-2. And he didn't. He closed the door. And if you can close the door and give your team a chance to come back and win, which is what he did last night, that's why he... He's still got to be the guy that you roll with. And I, that's what I kept thinking that when the game was over last night, I was like, that comeback was made possible because Campbell made the saves that he should have made. Yeah. And that is where Freddie has struggled. And, and that's, if you listen to any analyst hop on any sort of sports media 
a show. That's what they say. It's like your goalie needs to make the timely saves. And that's a very good point. Yeah. That's a great point, actually. It's like, I, I thought the first goal against Nurse was garbage. It's yeah. like you can't five hole against a defenseman like that. Like, come on. Yeah. But but you're, all the other goals, like Dry Settle McDavid are just, they're disgusting. Like, yeah. they're on another planet right now. And But at the end of the day, Jack Campbell's 6-0. and Yep. He's 6-0. and And I don't know what his record was last year, but it was probably pretty good, too. Yep. And it's and I don't think anybody is disputing the fact that when Freddie gets healthy, that Campbell should still roll with it. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. And this is what every team. This is like a perfect scenario almost. It's like you have a guy who you didn't have high expectations for come in. He's six and zero oh this season. He's been great. People want him to play. And your other goalie, who's been your number one guy for four years, is struggling. And now he's going to have to almost compete to get back in that net. So it's like you have, if you can have a one, a one B scenario for this hockey team, like that, that is perfect. If Jack Campbell playing well and winning games, yep. there is no negative whatsoever. Yep. Like, yeah, we can chirp Freddie, but at the end of the day, you, you have some competition in your net is something this team has, I dare say never had Yep, never. So it's, it's all gravy if Campbell keeps winning hockey games. And that's, that's a great point. It's all about making the timely saves. You're right. They, they cannot come back and win a hockey game if their goalie does not make the big saves yep. for them to have that ability to come back. Yep. I just kept thinking that last night. I was like, here we go. 3-2. Tavares gets a nice goal, and it was so happy for him to get that because he needed that, man. And then I'm just like, all right, we got six minutes left. And right away in my mind, I'm like, you have to tie it up, but they also can't score. And that is where Freddie has really struggled so far this season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, listen, I don't want to, like, it's it's easier to come on and talk about a nitpick and, like, pinpoint the changes we think need to be made or the, the areas of improvement. But listen, like, two games where I don't think they've played a, well for a complete 60 minutes and two wins. Yeah. And that's that's what a good team does. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I just... It, it's hard. It, it, they're kind of what, how they've played over the past little bit, I think is more them than when they were dominating. Yeah. Like they're not a perfect hockey team. They're, they're, they're a good hockey team. They can win a couple rounds in the playoffs, but at the end of the day, they still have those. They're still the Leafs. Like at the end of the day, they're still the Leafs. They're, they're still going to give up. So they're still going to turn over the puck in the neutral zone for a whole period. Yeah. They got hemmed in for a decent amount of time. And when their top guys aren't scoring, like most teams in the NHL, then you're not going to be as successful as you were when they were scoring. It's yeah. it's as simple as that. And they need they absolutely need to get their power play going, absolutely. Mm. And and it's about Mitch Marner. St- stop stop being a goof. Like start making the easy pass. Stop trying to be pretty. I know you have all the skill. He's almost so skilled with the puck that he gives a guy a pass that he's like not expecting. Yes, and that's all. It's not his fault. But it's like you got to get back to figuring out what worked on the power play earlier in the season. I made that's that not point working right now. I made that point last week where it's like you've struggled this last little while, and like you sometimes you need to go out there and get a dirty goal. So like let's not do the between the legs pass. Yeah. Let's just let's just throw it at the net and see what happens. And I'm not I'm not getting mad at Marner for having the ability and the skill to do that. It's yeah. like that's phenomenal. I wish I could do that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like, I, actually, I saw Marner. One thing I will get Marner, I saw him take a one-timer last night. When have I ever seen Mitch yeah, Marner take a true. one-timer? <laughs> Never. Yeah, it's true. Never. It's like, great. And then I look at Wayne Simmons, and it's like, Wayne Simmons looks like he's missed six weeks of hockey. Yes. 
Like, obviously, we made the point that we love him. He's a different team when they're around. And, yes, he is because he brings that level of, like, this guy has my back. He can punch somebody out. Yeah. But it, he looks like he's missed six weeks of hockey. Joe Thornton hasn't gotten a point in, in I don't know how long. Yeah. And you know what? That's what we were expecting from him. Yeah. It's, At the end of the day, that's what we were expecting it, from him. You said it last week, and I completely agree with you. Like, listen, it was nice to have him there on the top line. Yeah. and it was, But it's it's over. Like I said, it's over. Yeah. That top line left winger position belongs to Zach Hyman. And that's the way it is. That's the way it is. Yeah. Like, sorry. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, you got to find a spot on the third line or the fourth line for Thornton. Cause we talked about this before too. It's, you can't throw him in the press box. Obviously. I don't think he's playing that bad. Well, this is why I would like to see them get another yeah. winger because in my mind, in my mind, it slots every. So Hyman stays on the top line with Matthews and Marner. Getting a, a, a top six left winger bumps Galchenyuk down to the third line where I think he could be even more effective playing with two fast, skilled guys like Engvall and Mikheyev. And then your odd man out is Alex Kerfoot because then you can move Spezza to the middle on the fourth line and have another winger with Spezza and Thornton. You could put Simmons yeah. on the fourth line. Yeah. Simmons so, is a chameleon. He, yes. He's gonna. He's the guy who's gonna be on every single line for the next and, uh, month as, and a half. as he should be. As he should be situationally, yeah. like especially when you get in the playoffs. If you need him out there to like just like send a message, put him out there. But and I think he will eventually find his game of, of potting those dirty goals. I just I just think when I watch him, it looks like, it's tough to miss six weeks of hockey oh, and, for sure. and come back and be at the level that. Connor McDavid, like, you know, like you can't come back and skate against those guys and look like you've been doing it all along. I, I just want to know. It's just, it's, we're getting down to it. We have a month and a half. Let's, we're, we're talking about the trade deadline. Like, what do you think is preventing this team from having success in the playoffs? Like, is it that winger or is it something deeper? I think, is it goaltending? Is it's it, go- it's it, goaltending. Is it the blue if line? They can, if they can get, listen, I don't think their blue line has been as, is as bad. Listen, I'm, I'm a hundred percent with you in that when you got a game changing defenseman, it's, it's a whole new ball game. But like you said, you, you can't just go out and get a guy like that. So that's why I'm leaning more towards forward because I think if they can get solid goaltending, I don't think their blue line has been as bad as it's been in previous years. Yeah. So I think if you can get a guy back there, if if Campbell plays well, if Freddie can figure it out, then I think you're fine. So that's why I kind of lean towards adding some depth, like up front. Yeah, and I I think I think they're what's preventing them the most is whether it's the Jets, the Oilers, the Habs, or you go into that Final Four. If it's they're playing the the. What what division are they playing? I always forget. What division are they playing in the final four again? Are they playing the, the Bruins division? Yes, yes. The the East Division. Well, you look at the you look at the Washington Capitals. And yeah. It's like you might have to be that's gonna be a tough go no matter what you do, but I'm pretty sure it's the East Division because everyone yeah, keep, correct yeah. us if we're wrong. Yeah, correct here. us if I, we're I don't wrong. Know why I keep getting yeah. I, I've heard from yeah. multiple people different things. So I, I'm still not one hundred percent on well, that. Well, regardless, okay, so pick your division. Okay. So so, so if they play the central division, you're either playing like, the best team in the world. Yes. The Tampa Bay Lightning. Yes. Or you're playing the Capitals, maybe the, the next best team yeah. in the world, <laughs> the Washington Capitals. Look at the Pittsburgh Penguins, eh? Just vaulted up here. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so it's it's like those teams like if you're playing, if you look at the Tampa Bay Lightning, Tampa Bay Lightning don't have Nikita Kucherov. Yeah, they don't yeah. have their best player, and they're dummy, and they're the they're the best team in the league. Yeah. So it's 
It's like at the end of the day, when you compare the Leafs against a team like that, they don't have Victor Hedman. Hmm. They don't have Andre Vasilevsky. It's as simple as that. There you go. Those are the two things right there. So it's, it's like, man, that's why I want them to kind of add to that decor. It's like, I, I, Travis Dermott is from Newmarket. We're from Newmarket. I know a lot of people who know Travis Dermott. I respect the hell out of him. I, I love him. And, and you either, but I think if this team is going to try to hit the next level, you either got to push Zach Bogosian out or push Travis Dermott. Out. Yeah. It's like, like that, that yeah. to, to really get to that it takes level defensemen a really long time to develop. So I'll cut Dermott that slack, but yeah, he, he's just, we it's all, not that he's been bad. It's yeah. like, I, I thought, um, a couple of years ago that he was going to develop into a top four defenseman. Yeah. And I just think he's kind of stayed a little stagnant in his career. And I, and I, I just think pushing one of those two guys out is going to make, put this team to the next level. Yes. And I think when it comes down to crunch time, this is every year we say this, it's, it's about the big boys chipping in. You can't have William Nylander going pointless for four games in a playoff series. Yeah. Like, you know, you can't have Tavares going pointless for seven straight games or, or in a play, like, you know, it's just, you look at the other teams, the top teams in this division in the, in the league that you're going to be playing against. If you do go that you do get through your division and it's, I just don't know if they can match up at the end of the day. I don't, so, I don't know. but it, let's take a look at their division here. So barring some sort of collapse. Yeah. I think we know who the four playoff teams are. Yes. I think I think we know who the four playoff teams are. I think I yeah, think oh, I I think it's already I think it's already done. I think the I seeding think the seeding one through four may change, but I'm th- but it's Leafs, Jets, Oilers, Habs. Those are the four playoff teams in this division. The Canucks and Flames have had nice little nice little runs here as of late, but I, I, no, just, it's, I don't it, see it. You can't be below 500. I know there's like the overtime loss and stuff, but if you look at regular season wins and losses, it's going to be hard to be below 500 and, and make the playoffs. Plus the Habs have five games in hand over the flames and fi- and six games in hand over the Canucks. So it's like, yeah, you're right. It's going to rotate. You don't know who's playing who, but it's, the, I think you're right. I think the four teams are set in. I think the Winnipeg Jets are the hardest matchup. Yes. I think the Habs are a pretty hard matchup. I think I, this was my hot take. Before we get out of here, this is what I wanted to lay on you last night. The team that scares me the least out of these three teams is the Edmonton Oilers because the Edmonton Oilers are the best matchup because the lead, they, they're, they're the exact team. The Leafs love to play. No physicality. There is no one on the Edmonton Oilers. Like maybe Zach Cassian, maybe, You, you, you know why, right? Why? They have a top four defenseman in the name of Tyson Barry. Tyson Barry. Oh my god! All <laughs> like so it's like you uh, know what? So the I'll, Oilers I'll take my chances in a, a Tyson Barry top four. And and like they, like I said, like they don't play like the Jets are the team that scares you the most because they're a big physical team who's played in the Western Conference. And they're they're who who is the big who like is the big physical conference yeah. of the two, and they're the team that could potentially bully the Leafs. And then with the with the Canadians, it's just like I know he's on the back. Leafs Canadians, yes, Leafs Habs, and I know he's on the back end of his career. However, Carey Price could always be an X, X factor and come in and steal you a series. I think he still, if he really, if he really finds his game, has that ability. So I'll be honest, like 
It, right now, if playoffs started tomorrow, they'd be playing the Habs in the first round. That's which is yeah. Like yeah. let's step back for yeah. a second. Let's throw all the analysis away. Yeah. Leafs Habs yeah. like yeah yeah. Yeah, I know. Okay. I know. Like, come know. on. When's the last time that happened? What year? What, long before you and I were born. Yeah, I wasn't even alive the no, last time no, that yeah, happened. No. What are you looking at? Like 70s probably, almost? Probably. Long before. Here, let's look at it. Long before you and I were born. Yeah, because it's like everyone was praying for Leafs Habs final in 93, but we all know how that happened. Our, our boy over here, 93, got high sticked and screwed. So that didn't happen, but. He's cut. And there's no penalty. <laughs> 99 gets a reprieve. Yeah, it's and under a minute later scores the game winner. Oh, uh, that's brutal. <laughs> I love how they still have like poor Carrie Fraser still has to go on a, a radio show at least once a year to, to explain himself over that. Like, oh, man, poor guy. Jeez. Let's see. When's the last time? When's the last time the Leafs played the Habs in the it's got to be at least I think because the Leafs moved to the West for a bit too, so it's yeah, they did. in oh, the nineties. I'm trying to do this on my iPad. I need yeah, you can't. Yeah, no. Sorry, folks. Google it yourselves. Yeah. Um. Anyways, long we, time. Yeah. Anyways, let's let's get out of here. Um, they got quite the sked coming up. I wanted to touch on this a little bit before we get out of here. Like they like the 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 waiting around to play games is is over. Like they're they are. Uh, like they're back to look at me just like buying time here while I like mess around with this the ah, iPad trying to get basically they're playing every other day yes. for the rest of the year. Yes. Yes. Because they've barely played for the last two weeks, which, Hey, I gotta be honest. I've kind of enjoyed in a way. Well, it is, it does. It does like kind of, I love watching the loafs, little, yeah. but it's like you, you get the couple weeks off. You get to watch a couple more TV shows. They don't usually get to watch because the Leafs are on all the time. I've been minded the break, but giddy up, folks. Yeah, it's Here we pretty go. much it's pretty much every other day. Yeah, for, for the rest. Yeah, for the rest of the. Oh league. yeah, we're we're going full buck, and it's a lot of jets. All right, it's a lot of Habs. Well, that was a pretty good episode until a train wreck of trying to search things on my iPad here at the very end. We're we're we're, we're, we're learning. Yeah, whatever. we're trying to get it's better. It is what it is. Yeah, this live. You know what this is? You know why you can respect us? You know why you can respect us? Because this is live. It is. This is live. We're not editing anything here. We're not edit. We literally don't edit anything. No. 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 Because it has to be the authentic, real thing. Exactly. And one day, who knows in the future, we could go live. It's true. We could could go go live. live. We've kicked around doing that. Yeah, absolutely. That's going to do it for us this week, guys. If you like what you see, head on over to our Instagram at Talking Buds Podcast. That's where we hang out on social media. Like, subscribe review, leave a cheers, leave a thumbs up. Every little bit helps, and we really appreciate it. Catch you guys next time. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.
I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com.